Happy Monday, everyone, and good afternoon to episode four of From the Stands, The Cool Pick Show. I am, of course, your host, Ryan Kolpitz, and today we have another special guest joining us, Mr. Ken Reed from Sportsnet will be on the show today to talk all about hockey, uh, his books, his um, work that he's been doing, and so much more, and we are happy to be able to have him join us today. Uh, first off, I would, before we bring uh, Ken on, I would first off to like to thank our sponsors, Matthew DeCastro and Mad Creative, for the work and the logos that they do for the show. So if you guys need any design work, please let us know, and we will be able to put you in touch with him. So let's bring Ken on and get this. <clears throat> Again, we hope that everyone is doing well on this sunny Monday afternoon. There he is, Mr. Ken Reed. How are you? Good, Ryan. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. Uh, so first off, thanks for joining us on the show today. I uh, really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, so just wanted to first off uh, see how you were doing. Obviously, everyone is aware of the uh, tragedy happening in Nova Scotia. Um, and you're originally from there and just wondered if you've been in touch and making sure everyone is good and safe on your end. Hey man, thanks for, for asking first off and for bringing that up. Um, yeah, everyone, uh, I, I guess lucky I don't know any, anyone yet, but, uh, yeah, it's about an hour from where I grew up. Um, so I just want to send lots of love and a big hug to everyone back home. It's just, it's wild. It's one of those things you never never could imagine. I mean, people think of Nova Scotia, they think of friendly, they think the ocean and that's, we are friendly. We do have the ocean and this is just, this is just nuts, man. It, it kind of evolved uh, yesterday and evolved into something I never thought that I'd ever think of or associate with where I'm from. So thank you for asking. And I do send lots of love to everybody back home. Yeah, and so do I. I've uh, I actually got to go to Nova Scotia for the first time a couple of years ago uh, to play softball there, and it's a great city, uh, great province rather. Um, and we were uh, right in the heart of Nova Scotia in Antigonish, uh, yeah. And we were able to kind of tour around. I spent an extra few days out there with family and just got to see the sights and everything, and it was really beautiful out there. So uh, all the love and prayers out to everyone uh, out there and affected, of course. Yeah. With that. Yeah, it stinks. It sucks. There's no other word for it. I mean, everybody who's been to Nova Scotia basically knows where that gas station is. With like, I won't say that jerk's name, but where it all came to an end. I mean, everyone drives by that around the airport and uh, Truro. You know, so close to where it all went down. Everyone kind of drives through Truro and they're going through Nova Scotia. So yeah, it's it sucks, but uh, we're strong folks. So we'll hopefully, all come together. But we're the thing is. You know, you say all these things will come together, but we are already together before this, so it's uh, it's pretty disgusting. So hopefully, on we go, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving into some positivity, though. Um, again, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time, especially today, with um, chatting with us about you, your career, your hockey knowledge, everything. Um, the The first question I do want to ask you is, what made you want to become a broadcaster? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I, I, I had hesitations about doing stuff today, but then I thought, well, that jerk's not going to change how I go about my life. But So thanks for the question. Um, yeah, I always wanted to go into broadcasting ever since I was about eight or nine years old. So uh, the story goes, I've told it a few times, is my my career arc up until that point was to play in the National Hockey League, and I got cut from the novice one team in Picto, and 
it dawned on me when I was around eight that, oh my goodness, I'm not going to play in the National Hockey League. What am I going to do? And so I went home and I was lamenting with my dad. He's like, well, he says, I, there was a game on TV. So he says, well, the guy's broadcasting the game there. They don't have to pay to go to the games. They get to go to all the games. I said, what do you mean? You know, because you're eight, some things don't dawn on you. And he said, the broadcast guys, the play-by-play guys. So I thought, oh my goodness, that's what I'll do. I'll be a play-by-play guy. So I originally, my original plan was to be a play-by-play guy. Uh, I've kind of gone on to the anchor uh, side of things. But, yeah, I was one of those people that was very lucky. I knew what I wanted to do since I was very young, which was a blessing and a curse. It was a blessing for me because I never had to go through that period of a, that a lot of us go through as, as young kids and young adults of wondering what you're here for. Uh, the curse was I did not care about certain subjects in school. And my, my dad was the one of the doctors in town. And uh, him and all his docs are all the same age, so we all had kids. They all had kids the same age, so I went to school with, you know, the other doctors' kids. And the general uh, questions every uh, report card day were, "What's wrong with Kenny?" Because all these other doctors' kids, <laughs> ninety-five in science, and I knew I don't, I don't have to know anything about photosynthesis. So I'm going to be a sports broadcaster. So my grades suffered, but my passion for for the sports was definitely always there. Well, it definitely worked out for the better in that sense. Eh? So far. <laughs> um, throughout your time uh, or throughout your career, again, you said you started out in Nova Scotia and then you ended up traveling to Calgary, Ottawa, Edmonton before finally landing in Toronto. Outside of Toronto, what has been your favorite um, moment in broadcasting through your kind of shifting in career? Yeah, uh, the, the place that stands out for me most was Calgary. Because that was my first stop after I was at Channel 10 in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. So when I got to Calgary, I was in my mid-20s and I just wanted to work for a broadcaster, a professional broadcast station, not your community Channel 10. No disrespect. That's where I was working. I didn't want to be the Channel 10 guy forever. Yeah. So when I got to Calgary. I worked at a place called A-Channel. I worked with a lot of people I admired. And the next thing I know, I'm 26 years old. I'm in the press box at the Calgary Saddle Dome. I'm covering the National Hockey League. And I remember just kind of really questioning, do I belong to be here? Do I belong here? And then, you know, I had friends, a couple of friends grew up playing with my brother who were in the National Hockey League at that time. And I'll never forget interviewing Colin White after a game. Colin's from Pictou County, and I was close around from. And it was just a surreal moment. And that was a real special moment for me. Um, I'd watched Colin play ever since he was 10. And to, to interview a guy that I knew growing up with who was in the NHL, and now I kind of thought maybe I'm kind of in the NHL too. That was a, that was a big moment, but I, uh, I really, really enjoyed my time in Calgary. You know, it was the first time I got a decent paycheck for doing this. And, you know, you're, you're a young adult. You're kind of discovering yourself, finding out what to do, what not to do. But I really enjoyed my time in Calgary. That's awesome. Now, the NHL suspended play uh, about a month and eight days ago. What would you, and yes, I am counting, um, what are you miss most, or sorry, missing most about the NHL right now? I love the game. I love when playoffs start. Uh, when playoffs start, hi, Madison, who, who are you? I noticed Madison's tuned in. Her brother Slater plays for Chicago, by the way. There's a hockey note for you. But um, what I miss is when the playoffs start and we're watching from the studio, what we do is we, we drag in four monitors. There's a couple of extra monitors just off the desk, and I literally have every playoff game on. I'm screaming, I'm yelling, I'm loud. Avanko will tell you I'm loud, and I just love the game so much. I miss the highs, and I do miss the lows, what we get from sports. And I miss 
the distraction that sports provides. I mean, sports is the toy department of life. Grand scheme of things, it's not all that important, but it's actually kind of important. Like, I think that's shown us, you know, this last little while, we need distractions. It's not nice to, to deal with reality all the time. And sports is a, it's a great distraction. So I miss the distraction. And I miss just the, the passion of the games because I, I really do love the games. Yeah. I know. It's definitely such a weird time in life. For me, like, I play baseball, basketball, ball hockey. So I'm usually playing sports five out of seven days a week. And to be told, like, hey, go and sit home for who knows how long, it's like, what am I going to do? I know. It's just, uh, it's funny. I think that's why a lot of people are sending me pictures of their old baseball and hockey cards because that's the, that, that's that connection to sports, right? Um, that, that we have are through items now because there's no games to watch. And I love the, the old games we're showing. There's lots of nostalgia there. But, yeah, it's um, it's a weird time to try to figure out what, what to do with your time. And, I mean, if you have kids and stuff, uh, you can always sit around and just watch a game with your kids and that you feel like you're a semi-productive parent. You can't just sit around and watch Wheel of Fortune with your kids and feel like you're being productive. <laughs> So, um, yeah, we miss sports for a number of reasons. For me, it's the passion, the highs, the lows, the competition, and the stories, right? Because sports are really all about stories. And this spring, there's no great stories when it comes to sports. That's really what I'm missing a lot of. Now, talking about stories, you've had a chance to interview or chat with a multitude of different athletes or um, people within organizations. Who would you say has been the best person to interview so far? Um. That's an interesting question. Uh, best is, uh, I don't know what best means necessarily in that sense, but the biggest thrill for me was the first time I got to interview Wayne Gretzky. Um, grew up as a child of the 80s, got to watch Wayne Gretzky through his prime, worshipped the ground the man walked on, and uh, got to interview him for the first time when I was in Calgary. It was one of those scrum situations. I've gotten to interview him a couple of times since. Not necessarily in one-on-one situations, but... This time last year, I got to do a corporate event with him. I was kind of the MC. He was the guest. So interview in front of a live audience. And when I was a kid, my mother would always preach to me, be humble and kind like Wayne Gretzky. She'd always say, look at Wayne Gretzky. He always signs autographs. He's always, he stays humble. He doesn't brag about himself. He passes his praise on to his teammates. And it's one of those things when you meet your absolute sports hero and he's that nice and genuine. And it, it truly was. So for me, uh, it was a big thrill getting to, to interview Wayne Gretzky. Um, first time I did it, my brother snuck into the press conference. I actually took a picture of it. So I've got a picture of it, which is pretty special to me. Um, but then um, there's other events that, that I've done over the years. Um, I remember an LPGA, LPGA event in uh, in Edmonton. And this little kid, Josh Wee, uh, he, he had been fighting cancer. And the proceeds from the, the tournament went to, to help uh, – fights against cancer and research in Edmonton and we set it up so that Josh was me for a day so I just kind of went around with him as he did my job and he ended up interviewing Wayne Gretzky which was a blast and now it makes me feel old because Josh is actually studying broadcasting now at uh, Edmonton so there's special moments like that that you that you miss um that you, you don't can like when you go into a lot of people when they go to broadcast and they say, Oh man, it would be a thrill to interview Owen Gretzky. And it is. But the other thing is it's a thrill to interview a kid that, you know, isn't necessarily famous, but has a story to tell. So I've really enjoyed uh, a Scotiabank hockey day in Canada. We do over the years at the Sportsnet because we give, 
people who wouldn't get a chance to share their stories, we give them that chance. So I've met a lot of cool people doing that. And uh, anytime you can give a kid a moment, the spotlight's always kind of special too. I know I got the opportunity um, this year uh, in the OHL where to play, or I went to an Oshawa Generals game and they were playing the Peterborough Peets. And of course, Akil Thomas, who got traded from the Ice Dogs to Peterborough, happened to be in that game. Um, so afterwards, I ended up getting to actually meet and chat with them for a couple of minutes. And just it was kind of like that cool moment as well. Just again, reaching out to a kid that it may not go anywhere. He may go be the next superstar, but at that moment, he was the one that scored the team Canada goal and everyone knows him for that right now. So it was really cool to kind of put that two to and two together. Absolutely. That, 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 I mean, I've, I remember in Calgary, you said the a channel MVP, it was a, you know, a local athlete of the week. One of them was a BMX rider. She gone on to win Olympic gold, right? And then she was 10 years old. So that shows you I'm getting old, but it's, I just love the, that's one thing I missed about miss about local sports is giving those little kids a chance to shine. And I think we do still do a good job of that at sports. And we do some terrific storytelling every week with Rogers hometown hockey and hockey day in Canada, just giving, just giving kids a chance to tell their stories because everybody has a story, right? So if you can tell a few, you're, you're further ahead. Now we had a question coming from a fan that of the show, um, wanting to know what your thoughts were on if you think Ovechkin will pass Gretzky for the all time goals leader. So I'm divided on this because I'm a Wayne Gretzky diehard, but I also believe in reality to a certain extent. So part of me doesn't want to see it happen because Wayne is my hockey hero and uh, he always has been. His 894 goals are on this pedestal. Um, the other part of me goes, Alexander Ovechkin just keeps scoring. Now here's a, here's a little interesting fact for you. Only one player in the history of the National Hockey League has had a 50-goal season, 34 or older. That's Johnny Busick. So, did Ovi get his 50 this year before uh, everything ended? I don't think he did, did he? I don't so, think so. So, that record will stand. So, it's going to be hard for Ovechkin to score as he keeps getting older. However, he keeps scoring as he keeps getting older. So, I don't want to bet against him. Uh, I think he probably will break it. And if you asked me that a year and a half or two years ago, I would have said no. But now I think he will. He's a guy that absolutely loves to score. You can see it on his face when he scores a goal. He, it's like an instant high. So if I were to, to play, put, put the odds, I'd say he's probably get a 60% chance of, uh, of breaking the record, which, which I will uh, lament, I'm sure. But at the <laughs> Time I remember, I always remember how classy Gordy Howe was to Wayne, and how Wayne's always been so classy, and how Gretzky's already said, "Hey, I hope he hope he does it." And I remember how classy Phil was to Wayne when Wayne broke Phil's record. So I think it'd be great for the game. Uh, there, someone says they think Ovi ended the season with forty eight. So I figured it was yeah. around. Um, I mean, that's not even to say if the season's over. I mean, fingers yeah. crossed. It could happen. Right. Pop back up in June, right? Another two goals. There you go. We're back there in it, right? Music back goes away, but yeah, don't know. And that's the other thing, right? We don't know when it's going to come back. And the other thing you have to cons like, there's so many factors that go into this. But if that, yeah, if I was a betting man, I'd say he probably will. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now so I don't say it, but I got a feeling. Right. Yeah, the reality comes into full force, right? So. Uh, um, now, talking about your hockey career and like your hockey stories that you've done, you've actually put out a couple books called Hockey Story, Hockey Card Stories One and Two. 
what made you want to turn into publishing and making books? But part two of that question is, what is your most treasured hockey card that you own right now? Okay. So part one, uh, I've always consumed hockey books and baseball books so ever since I was a little kid. Um, remember, I'm old enough to grow up before, you, you know, everybody had 18 channels. And there was a game on everything. So I read a lot of books. My brother and I always wanted to write a hockey book together. Um, but who am I to write a hockey book, right? But then I land at Sportsnet. I suddenly get a, a national profile. And I love my hockey cards. And I'd always look at my cards and think, what's, that, what's the real story with this card? What's this guy actually think of it? So my intention was to blog about it. And uh, I kind of got a little bit ahead of myself and brought it up to Ian Mendez, who, who suggested I get a literary agent. I didn't know what that was. I called a literary agent, gave him my idea for this book about calling guys who wrote hockey cards. Within a week, he had a deal for me. Then I had to write a book. So I've written two books about hockey cards now. And I got three others on the go about other stuff, other hockey books. Well, Dennis Baruch book, Eddie Shack book, and a one-night only book. And my most cherished hockey card, I know I sound like I'm a Wayne Gretzky worshiper. I am. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, the one card my brother and I wanted that we could not get our hands on was a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. My mother showed up at the house, let's say I was about 14 years old, with a box of cards. She bought it at an auction for $10. We looked through it. Lo and behold, there it was, the Wayne Gretzky rookie card. My brother and I hug, we laughed, and then 10 seconds later, we just started fighting because we both wanted to own it, right? So mom, stop, 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 share it, share it. So to this day, we share that Wayne Gretzky rookie card, and it's just a, it's just down the hall. And, and another, so there you go. So That's my favorite. favorite. So January, February, March, you got it. And then April, May, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And if you're wondering, uh, no, it's not worth much because it's kind of beat up, but it's ours. And it's, that's, it's special to me because it represents the player I'm the biggest fan of. It represents my mother doing something for me. And it represents my brother sharing the card with me because we also share a passion for hockey. So it's, there's a lot that goes into a hockey card for me. Cool. Um, another fan question that came in um, was, in your mind, who do you think the top three Toronto uh, athletes are from the past decade and why? From the past decade? Are we talking Toronto-born or just that it played in Toronto? I, I um, assume we're just played yeah, in Toronto. I think from played in Toronto, yeah. Well, if I just had to do it quickly off the top of my head, I'd go Jose Bautista, Kawhi Leonard, and Austin Matthews. I think that's... There's, I mean, Jose's been the best baseball player we've seen for the last uh, last decade. Kawhi, you, you can argue Kyle Lowry, but they don't win that title without Kawhi Leonard. And uh, Austin Matthews is a generational talent. His shot still amazes me. So the best three athletes in Toronto in the last uh, 10 years, I'll go Kawhi, uh, Jose, and Austin for the big asterisk beside Penny Oleksiak because uh, Olympic gold. And not only is she Toronto-born and bred, she lives right down the street from me here in the beaches. So, Oh, cool. Maybe Penny can knock one of those guys off. Uh, but if we're talking Toronto-born, uh, Penny definitely first overall in that list, I would say. But there's a lot of great athletes. Out there. Oh, for sure. The list could go on and on for days. Paris, Sagan, uh, basketball, like all the basketball players now. It's just crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy how good that hoops is getting in Toronto. Sick. Yeah. Um, so going back to your TV career, um, who has been your biggest influence 
as you've worked through TV, um, growing through the ranks and becoming co-anchor and things like that, who would you say has been your biggest uh, mentor? Or uh, there's, a, there's people I looked up to from when I was a kid, people like Bob Cole and Danny Gallivan, who I've absolutely loved. Um, I love both Bob and Danny. Um, as far as the business goes, a guy named uh, Kurt Studley was a big help to me. Kurt was a reporter in Atlantic Canada when I grew up, really helped me get a job in Calgary. Same goes for Doug Basin, who was a reporter down in Halifax. Then Calgary really helped me get a job in Calgary. Um, and then as far as influences, we had a news anchor named Tom Negevin, who was a huge influence on me in Calgary. Tom's now works for WGN in Chicago. And a good buddy of mine, Tyler Harcott, um, who is uh, was our entertainment reporter in Calgary. He now works in the U.S. Um, he does all kinds of shows. You'd know him if you see him. He used to host, host The Bachelor in Canada. But if one thing I, I picked up from Tyler was just be yourself. It's Tyler's a, just a terrific guy. And what you see is what you get on TV. So I hope that's what I project as well. So lots of guys that I, I worship, or not worship, but looked up to when I was a kid. And then when I got into business, lots of people that helped me along the way. But right off the top of my head, people that helped me along the way would be uh, Kurt, Tom, Doug, Tyler, the list goes on and on. There's a lot of people going to help in you, for sure. I know. I can definitely tell the chemistry that you have with people you work with, especially with Vonka Osmak and the, the Twitter wars that you guys have back and forth, especially when it comes to movies that she hasn't watched that you think you should be watching. Just, it's just freakish. Now she won't watch Shawshank or Slapshot now on principle alone, right? <laughs> like She gets a kick out of it, but... We get along well, and it's funny with us again. What you see is what you get. We don't do anchor talk. We're not. Well, that was quite a game tonight. We just talk like we talk, and uh, I think that works for the most part. Um, she's very likable. Um, she's easy to work with. Uh, she's probably more intense than I am at times. Maybe I'm more intense than she is at times, but we, we tend to balance off each other pretty well, I think. And we have we have fun. We make each other laugh. So, and if people at home. Um, enjoy it, then then that's good because it's it's real. So it's not like we're we're trying to do what we do. We just do it. Nothing's rehearsed. Um, we don't come up with ideas at six o'clock that we try out at ten. We just go. Like when you see us coming back from break, and I'll say, "Hey, Ivanka," she'll say, "Hey, ten. She doesn't know what's coming. And during the break, I'll say, "Can I go first? Or she'll say, "Can I go first? And then we just we just roll. We literally we haven't rehearsed this, so it's just, it's the same thing. Well, it definitely shows, and obviously, like I said, the chemistry is top-notch right now, so job well done with that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, another question that we had coming in, we're talking about like shifting our focus to baseball momentarily. What are your thoughts on the Jays' rebuild and what they've been doing recently? Wow, it's been painful. I can say that. Um, when you watch the games from 2015 and 16 that we've been showing on Sportsnet, I watched them with this feeling of, man, that was so long ago. And what went wrong? How did it go from so high so quickly to so low so quickly? Uh, my thoughts are, yeah, it's been painful. And I'm sick of it, to be honest. I'm sick of waiting. Um, obviously, teams in professional sports are going to have ups and downs. But I don't like sitting around listening, hearing about how smart people are and then not seeing results. Professional sports are about wins and losses. I'd like to see more wins and fewer losses. And I, I guess I can leave it at that. But I don't understand how, how you had such a great team and then it was just gutted. It seemed like you just gutted overnight. Uh, I don't understand how you had 
a GM that was almost like he was built for that job. And then he goes. I mean, you're talking about a young Canadian bilingual with a love of the city, and he's instantly gone. So, But on the other hand, uh, you can't keep living in the past, right? So you have to move on. So if the, but if, let me tell you, whenever this season starts, but if this team isn't competitive, and I mean really competitive by next year, wow, what a waste of five years it's going to be. Yeah, man, honestly, I, I feel that for sure. Um, like, I remember back in the days of, like, 2011, 2012, where there was only 20,000 people in this, like, in the entire Rogers Centre. And yeah. it's crazy to think, like, how that built up, built up, built up to 2015. Yeah. And I had bought seasons for 2015, 2016, 2017. So, and then things started panning off. And then I was like, man, like, what am I doing? And it was really cool because i was fortunate to be able to be inside rogers center during the bat flip i was i i'll remember it forever section 510 row one i was right on the border i had big sign on the on the edge of the uh stadium um and it, it was such a huge and historic moment to be part of and then to see everything just collapse underneath of us that, that's me i don't expect them to win every year and i don't i don't think you do either and i i, I get a kick when people say oh you're off the bandwagon and I'm like, or people say you're off the bandwagon because they don't win. I'm like, no, I expect them to compete. I don't expect them to show up in Seattle last year and the, the, the poor manager have to go, I don't know who I'm going to, I don't know who my probable pitchers are for the weekend because I don't know. I don't have bodies. That to me is a failure at some level. I expect them to compete. They're not going to win every year. No one's going to win every year, but you should compete every year. And for me, there just hasn't been a lot of compete. Talking about competing, someone actually just asked in the comments about the Astros and their hitting average uh, after getting bruised up pretty good this year if we have a season. Because um, obviously we saw some of spring training and how the Astros players kept getting drilled after game after game after game. Um, what are your thoughts towards that and like how that's going to potentially shape up if there is a season this year? Several thoughts. First and foremost, they're cheaters. Uh, secondly, cheaters should pay the price. They're not going to pay the price as far as their uh, title being stripped for them. So hopefully a lot of them end up with bruises. I'd drill them. I'd slide into second base with my spikes up, go a little old school on them. Um, yeah, I hope they eat a few fastballs, to be honest. Uh, look, as long as baseball's been around, cheating's been around, uh, you're supposed to steal signs. Otherwise, why would you make them, right? Yeah. However, there's a certain level of respect that goes into it. It's one thing to steal a sign. It's another thing to supposedly have some kind of Morse code thing on your chest. And I'm sure that will come up. Um, but I just think what they did is was flagrantly distasteful and greasy. And I think they should pay the price for it. And look, if uh, baseball doesn't want to deal with it directly and strip them of their title, Maybe the pitchers can, or maybe a guy sliding into second can. So it's they should pay the price for it. Absolutely. Well, we'll definitely have to wait and see. First, hey. first thing first, we have to see if there's a season. We need the season first, but it's going to make for good, uh, good TV. Every every good story needs a villain, right? Like Star Wars would have sucked though. <laughs> so yeah, I can't. Yankees every year. Now. Shifting the focus back to uh, hockey, just before we let you go, I got to see you play um, in the Eric Lindros Celebrity Hockey Classic, and I've seen sure. you... Hey, I got my Eric shirt on right now. Oh, there you go. Um, 
And I've also got to see you like host the draft party and things like that. My question to you is when you've played on the ice against these guys that have been in the NHL, who's been the most entertaining to play either with or against or just chat with during the day? Al Frady's always fun. Al's got one of the best personalities ever. PJ Stock is funny as hell on the bench. Uh, usually when I go in these tournaments, uh, actually I was supposed to be in Halifax on the weekend for one for Heart and Stroke. Um, it's usually, if you pick Ally Frady, you get me as well, because Al and I advertise ourselves as a package deal. We always end up hanging out together. He's a good buddy of mine. So Al's a lot of fun. Uh, Stumpy Thomas, good. Dale Howard Chuck, who just kicks cancer's ass. He's a good fun, good fun guy. But the, 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 the great thing about, and Eric's funny on the bench too, like if you get between Eric and John LeClaire, they're picking on you. But the good thing about these tournaments is, and I encourage everyone who's, who's watching, please sign up playing an Easter Seals or Heart and Stroke fundraising tournament the guys are all there because they're good guys who want to help out so they want to make sure that everybody has a good time they're always got time for autographs for stories the chirps are endless the stories are amazing um it's it's a really good time but all the guys are just an absolute blast and and i know there's guys i'm leaving out but todd the bot harvey is just an absolute peach of a guy i mean billy smith legendary hall of fame goalie He's awesome. All the guys are just a blast. And, and you know, Ryan, the draft parties are more fun than playing half the time, right? You're cracking beers, you're telling stories. It's a blast. Oh, for sure. Dougie Gilmore is always fun. You know, I, I sound like I'm name dropping, but you ask me name drop. I'll name drop. Oh, 100%. That's, that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah, exactly. So, we, another question came in the comment um, asking, what movie have you, are you, or sorry, what movie are you ashamed of not seeing so far and will you watch it immediately? Wow, good question. Um, that came from Ryan uh, Hancock. Right. I'm sure Ryan's getting that because I shame Ivanka about not watching Shawshank and not watching Slapshot. I think I can honestly say there's nothing out there that I haven't seen that I really want to see. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you can think of anything good that I that, that I should see, like name, name your all-time favorite movie, I'll tell you if I saw it or not. If I should, but there's nothing that I can really think of that I, I'm holding out that I, that I haven't seen. Awesome. Well, to, before we let you go, is there anything else that you would like to add or comment on um, before you head out? Um, just thanks for having me, and uh, I hope sports comes back soon. I really miss it. I miss distractions. miss the distraction of sport. I miss the joy that it brings. I miss working. I miss doing highlights. I miss hanging out with Ivanka. I miss going down to the dome or wherever and just it's it's like there's something missing mm -hmm. oh it's obviously look way more important things to take care of in sports but it's it's a distraction in life that we need because life can be really serious sometimes but i hope everyone stays healthy and i hope everybody in nova scotia is doing good i'm just kind of heartbroken over that but uh no, and just keep your heads up. I mean, this is a tough time for people, right? This isolation thing isn't easy, so take care of your mental health. That's really important. Um, I've dealt with stuff in the past, anxiety and stuff like that, that I'd like to think I get a grip on, but no one's perfect when it comes to that. So take everybody should take care of themselves. Go for a walk outside or open your window, get some fresh air, and just we'll get through this, hopefully, and then hopefully we can be back complaining about, you know, another blown start by a Jays pitcher, thinking that that's, that's serious. <laughs>
Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time. I know uh, I'm missing you on TV. So do our viewers. And uh, hopefully we'll get to everything. We'll start to go back to some sort of normality, um, hopefully sooner than later. But thank you again for taking the time and always feel free to reach out, man. Thanks, Ryan. Oh, and one more thing. Yep. Everyone should sign up for one of those uh, Easter Seals hockey tournaments. CelebrityHockeyClassics.com. Just Google Eric Lindros Celebrity Hockey or Jeez, uh, Paul Coff Coffee does it. Coff's a good guy, too. There's, everybody's a good dude, Ryan. You know that. <laughs> well, no, definitely. And to the viewers, if, uh, again, CelebrityHockeyClassic.com to sign up for the Easter Seals tournament, um, and we can send you the direct link as well. Ken, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Oh, and Shane Corson, Darcy Tucker, Wendell Clark. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. See you, bud. Take care.